So guys, today was literally the best day ever. I was doing legal work with goats. That sounds amazing. Where were you? I was hanging out with the goats in their pen and they were eating hay like right next to me. And one of the goats, Murphy, was (laughs) trying to type on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny if a legal client gets an email with a couple typos. We know why. Right. It used to be my dog ate my homework and now it's my goat sent that email. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. That sounds amazing though. Goats as your coworkers for the day. Oh my gosh. We're going to have new coworkers at Flourish. (laughs) You got to watch out. I'm pumped. We're not just dog friendly. We're goat friendly, lizard friendly, whatever you guys got. Right. Whatever emotional support animal you have, we support you. Right. I love it. <laughs> but it was really funny. One of the goats, I gave it like a little kiss, like, um, and it gave me a kiss. Are you serious? That's so cute. I didn't know goats were like affectionate. I didn't know either. And then I tried to get it on camera and he was very camera shy. <laughs> He's like, this is us alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love him. I know. James is getting really funny photos. So goats just make really sassy faces, apparently. And James was taking photos of them. And Murphy just makes the sassiest faces when he eats crap. Oh, my gosh. That's really cute. Yeah. Oh, goat life. It's a good life. Greatest of all time. I love it. <laughs> So today we are talking to Jackie, who owns Prana House in Westchester. We're deep diving into some really fun topics that I love talking about, spirituality and energy and moon cycles, really fun stuff. So we'll get right into it. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Co-working Space and Dean Street Law. Flourish is a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester, PA, and such an awesome community of people who want to grow together. So we have created the podcast to bring you the space and the community virtually, as well as our online community. And I am here with my two co-hosts, Lindsay DeFrancesco and Casey Fluharty. Hello, everyone. It's Lindsay, the co-founder of Flourish. And I am Casey, the community manager of Flourish. And we are so, so excited to talk to our neighbor down the road in Westchester, Jackie Maldonado, who is the founder and owner of the Prana House. Jackie, I'd love if you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about yourself. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, I'm the owner of the Prana House Apothecary right on 109 North Church Street and also the founder of the Prana House Spiritual Holistic Wellness Center on 225 East Market. Both locations are set with the intention of health and wellness for all people and different backgrounds and identities and philosophies. I love that. And their spaces are both so beautiful. I've had the privilege to visit both of them. I'm curious, what inspired you to open the Prana House? 
Um, I think a lifetime of wanting to be my own business owner at the same time of wanting to create something with intention that followed my passions and my belief systems. And when I was going through college, I kind of came back to the patterns of, of wellness that I had learned as a little girl. My family is originally from Guatemala or my mother's side of the family is from originally from Guatemala. And growing up, it was a lot of herbal remedies and just a lot of kitchen stuff remedies that we used to do at home to make sure that everyone stayed healthy or if everyone was coming down with something, it was the kitchen remedies that we fell back on. And I was taught these things by my mother and my grandmother. And, you know, growing up in the United States with a different mindset of what health and wellness is, I was thought to be the the weird kid in a way. You know, my family was juicing before juicing was the fad and doing, you know, certain exercises and things like that so that I grew up with them, but in my time weren't the norm. And so I kind of let go of those things through, you know, middle school and high school and trying to fit in, I guess you could say. Uh, And then college, it kind of came back to all of that. Just my own path of wellness decided to change and the perspective shifted. My mother also came down with a life-threatening disease, a couple of them actually, and she was in and out of the hospital through my high school career and in the beginning of my college career. And just going through the doctor's offices and different recommendations, and while there is definitely a lot that they did to support and assist, and without them, my mother wouldn't be here, there was a lot of things that I noticed that were kind of not in line with our belief systems as to how, what health and wellness was and some things that I felt were very different. And I wanted to find a way that we could complement that and where we could use Western philosophies and folk philosophies on healing and wellness overall, and then becoming a mama. So I just like, how can I do this all and mesh it all together into one thing following that pursuit of passions of being a yoga instructor, of being an herbalist, of being a wellness coach, an intuitive coach. So the idea of Prana House was kind of born from that. That's so amazing. And actually, when I was in college so, so, so long ago, I actually went into the Prana House and you told me that story about herbs and how when your family was sick or coming down with something or just maintaining their health in general, it was always like, what's the natural remedy for this? And that just stuck with me for so long. And I think that it's such an interesting way to approach just like taking care of your body. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, around us and things when we step outside our homes that grow in our vicinities that is amazing what they can do for our health and wellness and sometimes where we think of something that's really outside of the kitchen or we think that we have to go and find something at the pharmacy and don't realize that we have some of those things that can really benefit us right in our That's so true. And I'm also curious, you talk a lot about preventative care, and I feel like a lot of this is geared towards prevention from sickness. Can you explain a little bit your philosophy on preventative care? Absolutely. Um, Our bodies, they're, you know, machines. And so just like a machine, if we don't give it the proper nutrients or proper maintenance, it's going to run down and our bodies are no different. And when we think about how to take care of our bodies and things that we can do to to strengthen our, our bodies, our physical self, our mental self, our emotional health, the things that we put in on our bodies are, are essential and are super important. And so preventative care is 
thinking about those things that we can do ourselves to strengthen our systems, to ensure that we are doing what we can on, on our own to support the body in all of its different, you know, spectrums that it has before the onset of some type of illness or to strengthen our bodies enough that maybe we can ward off some types of illnesses. Or if there are certain illnesses like the common cold or the common flu, they may not last 10 days. It may last five days or less, um, or we might not even get it as strongly as we would normally do if we didn't take care of our body the right way. And so that's preventative care for me. So what are some modalities of preventative care that you practice on a daily basis? Oh, there's quite a few. <laughs> but in the in my own personal practices, meditation is definitely one, which is something that we offer at the Spiritual and Holistic Wellness Center. And we offer these options to at the apothecary when the spiritual center wasn't around. So in our little small little space, um, new moon and full moon meditations are a big thing with me um, because I really believe in following the rhythms of nature. And we ourselves, whether we be- are you know, in tune to it, our, our natural energies and the ways that our bodies moves and our thought processes and emotions sometimes are very correlated to the seasons. And my belief systems, even as our physical wellness and well-being, sometimes we need more strengthening at certain times of the year than in others. And so working with the rhythms of nature is very important. And that includes working with the cycles of the moon. And so meditation is one to clear the mind to promote good mental wellness and to clear some of the clutter that we have going on to ease stress and anxiety. Um, in conjunction with that, a good tea moment that is also a meditation meditation practice where we use certain herbs that are known to calm and relax the nervous system, certain herbs that are also used to strengthen the immune system, and having those moments of meditation and ease and rest for our physical body. I also do yoga. I'm a yoga instructor, uh, bioenergetic forms of healing like Reiki. So there's many, many different modalities that I believe in and that I support and that I work with as well personally and with clients too every single day. Crystals. I love crystals, earth elements, um, using them in meditation, putting them around strategically in certain places for their energy. I mean, there's just so many rituals. Can you share what Reiki is for someone who might not be familiar? Yeah, so Reiki is a specific form of healing, and Reiki is becoming more and more popular. So properly defined, Reiki is a Japanese energetic form of healing, right? And they're using the use of bioenergetic touch to transmute energy within the within the systems of the body. So supportive physically for the body. So if someone has any pain or ailment, um, the use of Reiki can potentially alleviate some of that physical pain. It's used in hospice care to make people a little bit more comfortable to help relax the nervous system to feel calmer, a little bit more relaxed, mentally and emotionally. But there's many different modalities of healing energetically and Reiki is becoming the more popular form. But there's a lot of different forms of energy healing that are out there. And, and most of what I do now is more intuitive energy healing, in a sense. Oh, can you explain more about that? Because I have heard of Reiki, and I think it is becoming more popular. I'd love to hear what else there is out there, and particularly what you do. 
Yeah, so Reiki, you know, it's specific lineage, specific teachers, and specific symbols that are used in that modality of healing and passed down from several masters and made popular in Japan and then made popular here in Hawaii and then the United States by different teachers. And just like everything else, each teacher or each quote-unquote grandmaster learns, then they take a little piece and they spread it around and they make their own school of thought. But energy healing, we all have the forms of or the ability to use energy in a way that is of transmutation in the body, in the system. And so intuitive energy healing, it's using the aspect of what Reiki is energetically, but then at the same time trying to tune into, I guess it's like almost like, it's really strange to even say almost like a higher power or higher knowledge. It's this universal energy that exists within the entire universe. And so you're kind of tapping into the energy and it may sound strange, but when you start to meditate and you start to practice it, you can feel those subtle shifts in the energy around you. And that's in tingling in your hands. Sometimes people will experience um, extreme heat in their palms. They experience tingles. They experience just these waves of relaxation, like they're just riding an ocean wave. So it's really tapping into that form. And then from what I've learned along the years, these different teachers, there's certain messages that also come up. Like let's say there is a deficiency in a mineral in someone's body, or there's an old injury that they might have, or something that still gives them pain emotionally or physically through that bioenergetic form of touch where your hands are hovering or your hands are lightly placed on someone's body, it can kind of guide you and see where that person needs that extra support and assistance. And those are the messages that come through on my end to be able to support the client that's with me. I love that. And can you share what a Reiki session or what an intuitive energy session looks and feels like for someone who might not have experienced it? Yeah, it's similar to a massage, but the difference is that you're fully clothed. So you would you would come into a space just like you would into a normal massage room, and you would lay on a massage table. But the difference is there is that you are fully clothed. There is no kneading going on in the body, but a practitioner's hands are either hovering over your body, or they're gently placed on certain parts of your body, depending on where the work is needed. Sessions typically run anywhere from 30 minutes to up to two hours. It really depends on what the practitioner offers or what's going on with the particular client. Sessions can even go longer, but nowadays you typically hear about a 60-minute or 90-minute session. And so in that session, it's really the practitioner's intention to get the client to a state of deep relaxation so that the body's energy naturally starts to open up to be able to promote healing in body, mind, and soul. And so, like I said previously, people will normally experience like waves of relaxation. They'll experience tingles through their body, through their palms, or through those body parts and where the energy is being guided to. The best way that I've heard it described as from a client of mine was that it feels like a massage an acupuncture treatment, and a meditation all in one. So does Reiki solve like years and years of damage? Or is it something that like you have to continue doing over and over and over in order to receive the benefits? 
People will experience benefits in many different ways, especially depending on how open or what trauma exists mentally, emotionally, and physically into that for that person. So every person session is going to be very unique. I've had some people that barely will feel anything. And I have people that are having huge emotional releases on the table, like crying or even feeling anger. So I do think Reiki has the ability of penetrating through energies that are very deeply rooted in trauma that is deeply rooted in the physical, mental and emotional body of someone. And yes, I do believe that it's something that yet not one time will you say, okay, that was great. No more. It, it is a practice. It is something that as you build over time, right, more trauma is released and allows for new energy to come in. It's just like getting a massage, right? When you first go and get a massage, you feel really, really great. And, you know, the tensions, those muscles are starting to unknot. But after a week or two, those muscles may be getting knotted again. And so you need to go back and get that massage treatment. So Reiki is very similar. Gotcha. So if someone wanted to start doing Reiki, would you recommend they do it twice a year, every quarter, or once a month like you would a massage? I would recommend it once a month. But again, it's very different for each person. Um, I have people that need it weekly. I have people that do it daily. Um, I have people that do it monthly. So it really is, I think this is a, another part of self-care and wellness is how are you going to incorporate this other modality of wellness? Because people don't normally have just one modality of wellness in their life. They have various. So what will Reiki be that modality for you? So that's a conversation that you have with your practitioner and make up a plan together as to what is best for you as an individual. Sounds incredible. And I, I want to try Reiki so bad. It's something I haven't tried before, but it sounds beautiful. And the way you described it is definitely something I would love to try out. I know you started with the Prana House Apothecary. And then how did you end up opening the spiritual wellness center from there because you offer Reiki there and readings. Yeah. So the whole vision of what Prana House was, was always with the intention of having a center. You know, originally the vision was to have it all in one. And we were looking at converting the apothecary into that one and one in all space, but we had some zoning issues and some things that popped up. And so that vision, unfortunately, was not able to become a reality. Because really the intention of Prana House was a one-stop shop for healing and wellness in these Mother Earth-inspired and Earth-based ways of healing, these natural ways of healing from all aspects, body, mind, and soul. It's a big thing for me is we have the ability to provide healing for ourselves in so many different ways, but there are those three main sectors of our life, right? The body, the mind, and the soul or the spirit. And so you know, Prana House was in existence for five years before the idea of the center came about. So we had kind of let that go. And we're like, okay, we're just going to create and build our community and hold small classes here in the apothecary, um, which we did, we did for five years. And then the opportunity for this space came about where we could expand it. And then the idea of creating it as a nonprofit center. So it's actually a partial nonprofit center. Because my idea is that these modalities, sometimes a lot of people will shy away from them because they're not, they're not covered by insurance most of the time. So when we think about health and wellness, unfortunately, in the United States, we automatically think of health and wellness attached to health insurance. 
And so sometimes holistic wellness tools, holistic wellness practitioners have to charge a little bit more because we are not backed by big insurance companies. So sometimes people can't afford to do it. So I wanted to create a space where it was accessible for everybody, where people were not turned away, where we we're able to talk to individuals and see how we can work with them based on their financial means. And we don't want to turn anyone away or have everyone think that they can't use these tools for themselves or that it's outside of their financial spectrum. So the partial nonprofit came about. And so we offer yoga, we offer Reiki, we offer therapy, we offer shamanic healing, we offer meditations, we offer tarot readings, astrology, psychic and mediumship readings. I mean, quite a variety of different modalities, including herbalism classes, um, integrative nutrition, and so much more. Wow. And I'm kind of wondering from a business perspective, what is the difference between running the apothecary versus running this center? It's a little different. I definitely was uh, trying to balance both of them out for a while, but actually in the ways of support, the nonprofit center kind of runs itself because we have set it up as a boutique style of wellness. And so because a lot of the practitioners are single parents, they have, this is either their second or third job. A lot of our appointments are by appointment only. So people do have to register in advance to get a private booking or to come to an event. It's not like you could just walk into Prana House and, you know, at five o'clock and there's something going on. You have to reserve in advance and especially for space restrictions. But in the sense of running it from a profitable, a profit only business and a nonprofit business, it you know, as a small business, it really is all nonprofit in some senses of the word, because all your money is going right back into your business. So I haven't seen a really big difference as of yet. <laughs> so, so when I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> but basically, you know, at the end of the day, at a profitable business, you know, if there is a profit, that profit then goes towards the owner, right, or to whoever, whatever shareholders for the nonprofit, everything is going directly back into the nonprofit. But as like I said, as a small business, it's, that's what's happening anyway. So <laughs> no real difference yet. <laughs> that's really funny. And so is that a registered 501c3? So we haven't gotten our 5013C yet because we had some issues with our licensing and everything like that that we had to take care of from the apothecary side and how to separate everything. And then, you know, our, something uh, happened early last year where they weren't really accepting applications or nonprofit applications were taking a little bit longer. And then with COVID-19 and everything, we kind of stopped the process but we hope to be a 5013C at one point in time, hopefully by the end of the year. Great. Yeah. So for everyone who isn't familiar, a 501C3 is a tax designation that you get as a nonprofit, and that will enable tax-deductible donations when you are looking to seek those if that's what you're interested in. So it's you know, the legalities of a 501c3 and a nonprofit are a bit different than your typical LLC. I liked how you explained the difference of distributions, which is a really important aspect of the differences between the two. So you spoke about a bunch of the different modalities that you have with the holistic center. 
And I'd love to know where in your journey did you sort of think you learned about Reiki, I'm sure at some point, and then maybe tried it. But at what point did you think, oh, wow, I can feel this. Oh, this is, I believe this. This is really impactful. Well, I think with me, I was very lucky because a lot of this I felt when I was younger. Um, A lot of these tools and modalities, like I said earlier, I learned when I was a young girl. In my mom's country, forms of healing and shamanism, or in my Spanish culture, it's called curanderismo, um, which is basically shamanism. So energy healings, clearings, uh, holistic tools, wellness and spirituality are something that I learned growing up. And I think in wanting to kind of run away from it to seek normalcy in some ways, my life's journey just automatically opened up because even as a young girl, I was I wanted to be a doctor or I wanted to do something of my own own my own business. And I didn't really know what that was. And not until I got to college where all of that got reintroduced to me, did I fall back in love with it or actually created a love for it, right? And an appreciation because before it was more just a lineage thing or a familial thing that I had. um, And I truly didn't appreciate it. But then when I started to discover it on my own and then started to discover, you know, our food and drug administration here in the United States and just the disconnect there and just re-educating myself, I would say is the proper word on a lot of these different tools and modalities that I discovered really what my passion was, was and how it makes me feel. These are things that I do in my own life every single day. It's the way that my family lives their lives. It's the way that I've raised my son since I was pregnant with him. I, you know, have not given my son an over-the-counter medication that wasn't homeopathic that I haven't created for him. He's only received vaccines, but other than that, he hasn't really done antibiotics or any of that stuff for common ailments. Um, And I haven't taken a pharmaceutical drug since I was in my early 20s. So... It was just re-educating myself and learning all of these ways that I could empower myself and I could empower my family and therefore empower my community. I think that's a big thing is how as a community, as people, can we truly empower ourselves and know that we have the power to strengthen our bodies in those three aspects, body, mind, and soul. And can you share more about, I know you do a body, mind, and soul session with clients. What does that look like? And can you walk us through what that's like? Yeah. So I have clients that come to me for many different reasons. Um, I have clients that come to me specifically for herbal assistance or um, nutritional assistance. I have people that come to me for spiritual and emotional support. So I categorize my consultations as body, mind, and soul because it's an individualized. Um, I don't do one modality for one person and that's it. It's not a cookie cutter thing that I do. So usually in the first time consultation, it's a discussion that I have with each person and we get down to really what is their their reason for seeking me out or wanting a session with me personally. And once we find that and we probe a little bit, I start to tailor a specific program or a specific modality directed towards them. Um, That could be yoga, that could be intuitive energy healing, coaching, 
you name it, we tailor it specifically to their needs. I think that that's amazing and, you know, so important because everyone's so different and dealing with different things. I'm curious when you have someone come into the apothecary that is just truly unfamiliar with wellness, what are some things that are you guide them to first? Well, we love it. We love educating. So it's myself and Jake that are there in the apothecary now. And so when new people come into the shop and they don't know where to start, it's really just what drew them, right? We always have a little giggle that, you know, the prana house always reveals itself to people when they're ready. People are like, oh, I've passed by this place a thousand times and I'm just now seeing it. And so I came in to see what you have. And it's like, well, what's going on in your life? Like, let's talk. <laughs> so we get very personable very quickly and see, you know, where we could help. Sometimes it's people that are just dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. And so there's, you know, suggestions and tools of how we can support them in that way. And so herbal infusions, herbal remedies, if they're crystal people, you know, how you can meditate with crystals, or if they're more about their seeking community, you know, how can we invite them to our community events and have them join? And so it's definitely about talking to each person individually, too. We still keep that mindset and get to know you. You know, we, we're all about building community. And I think, you know, there's the difference is that I want to know you as a person and, you know, help support you on your path of wellness. And so that means I get to know who you are and we have a little conversation to to see what you need. Not just about putting things in your face that you don't need, but supporting you with what you do. That's amazing. And I can 100% attest to that. I think Jake was in there when I went in one time looking for something to help my mom sleep. And he was so helpful and asking so many questions. I know immunity is such a big buzzword right now with everything going on. Is there certain herbs that you recommend to people to help boost immunity? Oh, yeah, there are so many. And yeah, boosting immunity is, is a buzzword right now. And people have different thoughts and mindsets behind it. But I think in the long term, it really is, again, how can we strengthen our bodies? Um, and how can we strengthen our bodies by certain viruses or bacteria that are out there? And so there are different herbs for different ailments. But one of my favorites, my all-time favorites, and it's a part of our signature, one of our signature products is elderberries. It is one of my favorite plant allies that's out there. Elderberries and elderflowers are antiviral, antibacterial. They are have been scientifically studied to, to help reduce the amount of time or ward off against influenza A and influenza B viruses. And they're just, it's such a great plant. And then there's, I mean, there's, we have over a hundred bulk herbs in the store. So that kind of gives you an idea of how many potential herbs there could be to help support with the immune system. But elderberries is one, astragalus is another, but we're always in the shop. We're also available to answer questions. So if anyone wants to know, and we also offer classes where we can teach people about some of those herbs that can support the system in that way. But elderberries is definitely number one on my list. That's so cool. I have single-handedly everyone in my family hooked on elderberry syrup and oil of oregano. So when everyone, when anyone is coming down with something, I always make, whether it's my boyfriend or my mom or dad, sisters, anything like that, I always make everyone take elderberry syrup and oil of oregano. That's good. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it's, 
you take a shot of it. You, so you're taking a shot of it for preventative care, you know, in the syrup that we that I make, it's our be well syrup, and it has a variety of other herbs in there, too. You know, it's to reduce the amount of time of cold and flus. And so you take it daily, and maybe you won't get a cold and flu, or you're strengthening your body enough that you won't come down with those symptoms during the times where that's most affluent in our in our environment, or it reduces the amount of time, right? Or it may not be as severe as it could have potentially have been. And Mother Nature provided that, which is amazing. I love it. I can geek out about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Lindsay definitely got me on board. She got me convinced. So with elderberry syrup, is it something that you should be taking every day, like you take your vitamins or do you take it more when you start to have an onset of feeling or feel like your immune system isn't quite keeping up? So the thing is about any herb is that herbs are there to support you and herbs should be looked at almost like food, right? So when we think about food and we think about food in the form of medicine, it's because we're we're doing certain foods on a daily basis, right? To ensure that we're getting the essential vitamins and minerals that that particular food has, and we're putting it into our system, right? We know from a young age that, you know, fruits and vegetables are always going to be the best form of good health when it comes to our diet. And so when we think about herbs, it's the same way in order to support and to really strengthen our systems over time and to allow our cellular structure to be in balance, we should be taking certain herbs on a daily basis. However, we should also be taking breaks as well. So yes, you should be using elderberries daily, the suggested amount in whatever form it is created for you, right? Based on whatever the herbalist says is the proper dosage. But you know, every now and then to take a break. So particularly with the elderberry syrup, I usually tell people to start at the end of August, because the end of August, the season's changing. This is when people normally start to go back to school. And so the germs and all of that and viruses start to spread around a lot more. And so taking elderberry syrup from the end of August till spring, and then usually between like May through July, taking a little bit of a break. Or if you've been taking elderberry syrup for, you know, maybe a full year straight, Maybe instead of a daily thing, you do it every three days, right? Depending on how strong your body is. But someone that is in the process of strengthening their immune system, they should definitely be taking it daily. That's really helpful. I'm also wondering what are some of your other favorite herbal remedies? Uh, So right now I am all about the spring herbs. So Again, Mother Nature provides us things in the appropriate time as well. So it's all about the spring herbs right now. And when we go to our local preserves or our local parks, especially wherever we live, and that's different based on state to state and different countries, when we go outside, what's growing is typically what we really should be ingesting or putting into our body from a vitamin and mineral perspective. And so right now, Things like nettle, uh, stinging nettle, red dead nettle is growing. And so nettle is one of those herbs that's really high in calcium, really high in magnesium, high in iron, has vitamins A and C in it as well. And so really good spring herb. It's also a diuretic. So it's just going to help get that digestive system to start kind of pumping and start to boost the metabolism, especially from the sluggishness of wintertime. 
dandelions are another one, dandelion leaves. We know we can make dandelion jam, dandelion wine, and all kinds of things. It's another, it's an astringent herb. And so it's basically cleansing out our system. And again, another herb that's very high in calcium and magnesium for our bones. For women, it's essential that we are having higher intakes of calcium and magnesium, especially to help support us during our monthly cycle and just just overall health in that. So chickweed, cleavers, I mean, there's there's quite a bit that's growing outside. I mean, if you think about the garlic mustard even and the wild onion, all of those things are herbs that I would recommend during this time. That's so cool. And I'm also wondering, so if someone comes to the apothecary and they purchase dried herbs, then what is your favorite form of I don't know how to word this. There's probably an actual technical term for it, but your favorite form of ingestion. So like, do you like, do you prefer people make tinctures or do you prefer them make oil solutions of some sort or maybe a tea? Yeah. So herbs are also very different in the way that they are absorbed in the body. And Personally, I use herbs a lot in infusions or decoctions. And the difference really is an infusion is just a tea that's being steeped for a lot longer than a normal tea time. So 30 minutes or sometimes even up to 24 hours that those herbs are being steeped in hot water to extract their constituents. And I feel that when we drink things and we drink them in an infusion way, our body has uh, it's a better at absorbing it and also room temperature wise has the ability to absorb those nutrients a lot more effective than let's say in a in a pill form or in a supplement form. So if you notice when you come into Prana House, we don't sell supplements. We sell only the dried herbs for people to make their own infusions. A decoction is really the roots or the berries where you're simmering it over the stove to extract the nutrients or in tincture form. So sometimes herbs do better or there are higher concentration when they are fermented in alcohol um, and there's an alcohol extraction or a glyceride extraction, different levels of nutrients are also extracted in that way too. So again, that's a conversation also in sustainability for someone, you know, is it sustainable for you to take your remedy two to three times per day in infusion form or if you're a person that's constantly on the go and you would rather be supported in tincture form, then that's a conversation that we have. But yeah, there are different ways in which you can ingest. And oils, I really reserve more for external use. And actually, I'm doing a, I'm going to do a little plug here, ladies, but I am doing a first aid workshop on Sunday on how to make your own first aid remedies using some herbs that are actually growing right now or that we sell dried in the shop too. So for cuts, bruises, sprains, bites, things like that. That's amazing. And we'll include all of the information in the show notes. You guys have a lot of upcoming events that are really cool. And everybody can check out the upcoming events. This will be aired after Sunday, but I'm sure you guys will have similar ones coming up. And then can you share with us what your moon meditations are like? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So every month we hold uh, the bi-monthly meditations and rituals for each new moon and full moon. And so each new moon and full moon offers a different energetic, a different astrological sign and different time in the season. And so for us, we come together in community 
to learn about what's going on energetically, what's going on astronomically in our in our in our solar system, um, or astrologically. And so, it's also a form of coming together in community to create space for ourselves to think about those deeper questions that we often don't give ourselves the opportunity to in quiet reflection, right, for self-transformation and growth. So that's really what the new moon and full moon meditations are about. It's creating this, this community safe space to really reflect and to use that time of reflection for our own personal growth and transformation in our own personal lives with the support of others. And for those who might not be as familiar with the cycles of the moon, can you share how the moon impacts us energetically and what we might be experiencing on the new moon versus the full moon? Yeah, so different times of the month present different emotional shifts within us. And, you know, there's there's going to be, it's just going to be in the broad sense, right? Because all of us, you know, astrologically, we have different energies and different, you know, just ways that we've dealt with life growing up and, and ideas. So in the broad sense, new moons are a time where the, where the moon goes dark, where you won't actually see the moon in the sky. And so in that darkness, we say that the new moon time is really a time for deep internal reflection where you're looking at those darker side of those emotions, the more internal side of self and self thought, and starting to unpack some of those inner layers. Um, New moon also being the time of new beginnings, right? In that darkness, just like in the womb, we're, we're creating something new, right? Something new growth is happening in that darkness. And so when the moon starts to come back into its light, back into its shape that we can visibly see, that growth is going to become visible in our external worlds as well. So all that internal work that we did during the new moon, we're going to start to see that reflected in the external world that we walk in day to day. And then we 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 start to go through the gibbous stage of the moon, the waxing stage of the moon as it's created, the gibbous stage, the half moon cycle. There's pauses of reflection in between that or when momentum starts to build. And then we get to the full moon time where the moon is at its And they say it's the time of the highest energy, the highest time where we can really get things done, where things are coming to a close, we're ending projects, where we really have more of a handle of where we want to go. And so the full moon is about releasing some of those things that are still holding us back from stepping forward into whatever we're trying to embark on or engage in or create in our life, right? Old habits, behaviors, and patterns. Um, we start to really put those into perspective and start to do the work of like, okay, I'm going to release this so that I can bring in this new energy or this new thought process to really continue to move forward and transform for that next stage and that next new moon cycle when I'm asked to go inward again. That's so fun. I talk to Lindsay about this constantly, but I love moving in flow with the moon. I do a lot of journaling and exercises around the new and full moon with the spirit daughter workbooks. And I always find that it's incredible how deeply I'm impacted by the moon phases. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, It's our, you know, it's our deeper side. It's our thoughtful side. It's our introspective side. It's the nurturing side of ourselves that is brought out 
through the cycles of the moon. And, you know, I feel that based on the energetics of it as women or those that identify as women tend to feel those pulls in a different way than the masculine does, right? And so, but we all go through our points of reflection in a very different way. And having that space to look at that is just as important as living in the sun, right? And doing the active and external work that we do in the physical realm. That's amazing. I'm going to have to join you for one of your upcoming moon meditations. That sounds so fun. I hope you do. And they're all donation-based. So something to note is that every single new moon and and full moon meditation is a donation-based event. We don't offer, you know, we have a suggested $20 donation, but it's not, you know, it's whatever anyone wants to give, right? And we understand that sometimes things may change where you may not have it. We just want you to come. We want you to enjoy. We want you to have that opportunity of that self-reflection and faith community. And if you have the means to donate, then please do because it helps support the ability to have these circles, to get the tools that are needed in these circles. Because sometimes we do we use certain um, herbs and, and props and, and different tools in our rituals as well. And they helped us also to support the center. So all the all the income from the full moon and um, new moon meditations goes back into the center as well. So our new moon meditation is coming up um, soon. So, or by the time that this podcast comes out, we might be transitioning to the full moon. And right now we are doing our meditations via Zoom during COVID-19 until we can meet in person once again. That's good to know. And that sounds like such a special experience too. It's a lot of fun and it's very different every time. The meditations are different every time. So, you know, I hope that you guys can join Definitely. I have actually one more, more businessy type of question. So I'm wondering because what you do is so grounded in spirituality and business is not really shaped in a way that it meshes with that. Like business is very more square, whereas I would say spirituality is more of like an intuitive type of process. So I'm curious how you balance that intuitive and spiritual energy that you hold while also creating a successful business? Well, it was definitely a something that I had to learn um, because originally I actually do come from a corporate background. I used to be in telecommunications before I opened up Prana House and I used to work in a lot of different restaurants and bars and things like that before that too. All skill sets that I think helped me as an entrepreneur um, once I wanted to open my own doors. But, you know, I think it really all depends on what kind of business that you're trying to create. And my intention was to create a business that was about wellness, was about healing. And, you know, business is more about the non-personal and the non-emotional side of things. But even in everyday life, no matter how spiritual we are or, or not, there's structure that's required, right? And the way that I look at my business, I'm like, okay, what structure is really needed? What real world structure can I create to create that balance and harmony as a business, but still in an intentional and mindful way? So how am I communicating these things that I want for my business? How am I communicating with the practitioners and the customers that are coming into my business? How are we putting what our intention and the fact that we are a business that is about healing, that is about wellness and self-empowerment, how do we portray all of that information and yet still run a business in a strategic 
way in a way that is profitable in the end. And I think that really is just boils down to your mission statement, boils down to your policies and procedures, right? And what your intentions behind all of those things are. You know, when I look at certain things that I need, need to do from the business side, I'm also incorporating, well, how is this going to be for their overall good for for Prana in all of those terms? Like, is this, you know, with good intention based on who I am as an individual and what I want to bring out into the world and what I want um, the practitioners of Prana House to be included in as and the community too? And then how do I create that structure like making sure that I remember to get all my licensing in at the proper time, you know? <laughs> so it's just, you know, kind of doing that little balance of like, this is the structured calendar, very non-emotional aspect. But then even in that stuff, it's like, okay, well, how am I going to bring that spirituality side of that into that as well? And it's not like doing things in a very hasty and very cold manner. Um, I think it's really about how do you want your business to flourish and grow and what is the true intention behind the scenes with it all, right? And I think that's helped me. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And do you mind sharing what has been a tool or a resource, whether that be a book or a podcast or anything that you've come across that you recommend to people in either wellness, holistic wellness, energy work, or in business? There's so many. I think one of my all-time favorite books is definitely The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But, you know, that book really taught me also to not things take things so seriously, to also understand that we are in this flow of life, that we have the ability to kind of create our own world in a way that is not bogged down by worry, that is not bogged down by stress or trying to control the things that we really can't control. So even in this aspect of being an entrepreneur where, you know, a lot of people are relying on you. A lot of, you know, there's this idea of being a small business owner that it needs to be successful and that it needs to to make it. And, you know, there are those moments of stress of like, how are you going to pay the bills? And is this are people going to like you enough to keep supporting you and all of that? But this book of Michael Singer is really about just kind of detaching yourself from some of those that ego-minded things and that ego-minded worry and self-doubt and just opening yourself up to the experience that you're actually having in life and the beauty that's unfolding if you just allow yourself to kind of sit back and enjoy the ride. So... Michael Singer, uh, The Untethered Soul is definitely one. I also like Gabby Bernstein. Um, I don't know if you ladies have heard of her. And Brene Brown. Uh, Gabby Bernstein, uh, May Cause Miracles. Her book really helped support me during a very difficult time in my life, going through you know, my mom's illness. I was going through a divorce and all of that. And May Cause Miracles was a book that really helped support me. And she has a lot of um, tools in the book and uh self-practices that you can do that just really spoke to me and really helped me along my way. So those are those are two that I'll share. 
Yes, we're currently reading Gabby Bernstein's book, Super Attractor, for our Flourish We Grow Together book club. So we are diving into that. And I just – what was that? I said very nice. Yes, yes. And I just finished The Universe Has Your Back. So I'm going to have to write down and pull up her book, May Cause Miracles. I've heard a lot of really good things about it. Yeah, it's a great book. I definitely highly, highly recommend it. And can we ask where can everyone find you online or in person? Absolutely. So online for the apothecary, it's thepranahouse.com. For the center, it's thepranahousehwc.com. But either website that you get onto will direct you to either location. We're also on all the social medias, Instagram and Facebook, at the Prana House WC for the apothecary and at the Prana House SHWC for the center. And we're located at 109 North Church Street, um, right in Westchester and at 225 East Market Street. Um, We hope to be open soon, um, but we're taking phone orders every single day right now um, and also online orders. So we're still available to support everybody during these times and to answer questions or just be there for you and what, and what you may need in your, in your path of healing and wellness. Amazing. And if there's anything that you heard that you loved or you want to send Jackie a note of thanks, please reach out to them on social media and share what you loved about the podcast. Give them a little love or hop on over to their website and make sure that you check out one of the new moon Uh, meditations or something like that, whatever calls to you. I encourage you. It's wonderful to support local businesses. I'm so glad that one of the benefits of COVID is the importance that everybody has realized about supporting local businesses. So thank you, Jackie, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I thank you for your support. And I hope that This podcast brings a lot of listeners and supporting you guys as well. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you. Have a great rest of your afternoon, ladies. You too. You too. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us for today's We Grow Together podcast. Your support means the absolute world to us. Thank you so much for everyone who's left a five-star review and given us some love. The rating, review, and subscription helps us tremendously to grow, and we so appreciate everyone sharing with your friends. As a huge thank you for all of your support, if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, be sure to leave your Instagram handle or email in your review so we can give you a free month to flourish. Every single episode, we are announcing a winner of a free month at Flourish as well as access to our social media workshop, our money management workshop, and our business boot camp, which includes a 60 days to launch your business guide. So epic, four whole sessions all about your business. And you can get all of this just by leaving a review. So thank you so much for everyone who has. You can also share us on social media and tag us at Flourish Westchester. And you can tag me at Laura M. Francesco. You can find me at Sweet Green Soul. And me at Casey Flew. Yeah, and I'm so excited. That was a really fun conversation that we had. What were some of your takeaways? I feel like... 
there were so many. She talked about so much and she's so knowledgeable. I think for me, I loved the conversation about talking about preventative care. And she spoke about how our bodies are machines and they have the ability to heal themselves. And I just think that that's such a powerful message, especially in a time like right now. It's just so more important than ever that we need to be taking care of ourselves. So I just love everything she had to say about that. Yeah. And I think that my favorite part was when she talked about the different herbs And um, speaking to which herbs are growing outside right now during the spring season, and that that's kind of what's calling to our bodies right now and what will help support our bodies the best. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And we we talked about elderberry syrup, and I had no idea it was okay to have it basically every day from August to May. So I thought that was really cool. And then talking about taking a break from it too, that was super helpful information. And everyone at Prana House, I'm sure if you called or if you stop on in, if you're local to Westchester, is so knowledgeable and so helpful. So if you have any questions about these things, be sure to reach out to them because they are such a wealth of information. Definitely. So... Everyone go out and support Prana. It's a local business for us. And join us next week for that episode. Yeah, can't wait to see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I'm Lardy Francesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup, and the different types of entities, all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at deanstreetlaw.com. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys.